Welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Any of y'all have a grandparent's house that you absolutely love going to growing up? Anybody by show of hands? Like anybody, anybody remember the fun you had going to grandma's house? I was one lucky kid growing up. My grandma's house was from me to probably the sound booth. Nah, probably closer, I'd say. It was so close. My grandma's house was that close. So here's what would happen. The bus would stop. I'd get off the bus. You think I went to my house? Absolutely not. No, because there were rules at my house. I would go to my grandma's house immediately. Every time I got home from school, it is to grandma's house. Here's how I'd get in. There's a pin pad on the cord, a a keypad, a pin pad, what does that mean? There's a keypad on the door, and I'd enter 1122 on Dawson Road. I'll never forget, you just enter in that code, 1122. As soon as you hit that button, as soon as you hit enter, the garage door flings open, I run inside, I grab a Swiss cake roll at the third drawer on the left next to the dishwasher, I sit down on the couch, I turn on Spongebob or whatever the heck I want to watch, and life is chill because I'm at grandma's house. Anybody relate to this? Anybody relate to this at all? The best feeling in the world. I got to do it just about every day. I mean, you swing and you go to grandma's. It got to the point where my parents are like, Sam, when you get off the bus, stop bugging your grandmother. <laughs> like, you need to come home. Like, you got homework to do. You got stuff to do. I'm, I'm your mom. I love you, too. I want to talk to you. I want to hang out with you. Like, you live here. Stop going to grandma's house all the time. I'd be like, Mom, Grandma doesn't care. Like, she's fine. Like, it's fine. I'll see you later. I'm going to Grandma's house. My Uncle Grant was there. We'd hang out, play video games. That was my fun place. Like, that's where I would go. That's where I'd go. I got a picture of my grandma, actually, me and my grandma when I was real little. There's a picture. Oh, There's a picture of me and my grandma. Actually, research shows if you show a picture of you and your family, you pay attention better. So that's the only reason I showed you this picture. But there's a picture of me and my grandma. And, man, my grandma's house was the best place in the world. It was safe. I mean, there is really, there's really nothing like going to a place where you belong. You know, you guys got that place where you belong. There's nothing like it. When you are in a place where you belong, where somebody will listen to you, where somebody will bless you, where somebody will be with you, or somebody will comfort you, there's nothing like going to a place where you belong. And man, growing up, I had that place. I had, I had that place at home. I'm not saying I didn't. But I'm just saying there, there's just something special about that. It's amazing. And here's what I want to let you know today. In this series of noise, I want to let you know that there's a place you can go to escape from the noise of this world. Man, I wanted to get home from school, the noise that was going on, my friends, classes, homework, everything's going on, th- stuff's crazy. It felt like when I opened up that garage door and the door shut behind me, it was just, pff. man, I just got to escape from the noise for a second. And there is a place within you, not that you have to physically go to, there is a place within you that you can get access to, that you can escape from the noise of this world. But just like my grandma's house, it was one combination. That was the only combination you can enter in. One, one, two, two. You enter that in, you're in. You enter in one, 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 you're not getting in. You enter in one, five, six, four, two, four, not getting in. It doesn't matter what number you enter in. Unless I enter one, one, two, two, I'm not getting inside grandma's house. It's not happening. 
And there is the same way in our walks with Christ. There is a combination. There is a key to getting inside this secret place into worship with God's heart, and that's called worship. Worship is the key to escape the noise. The sound you lift up in worship is so powerful that it silences every single other noise around you. But unless you have this key, unless you can understand that you already have this key within your heart, unless you understand that you need to take it off your lanyard, put it in the slot, and unlock the door, you'll never have peace, you'll never have hope, you'll never have joy, and you'll walk around your entire life consumed with this noise within you. But man, if you can just understand the power that you have. Here's how Scripture puts it. I'm going to read this for you real quick. It'll be on the screen too. John 4.23, it says, But the hour is coming, and now is here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. They'll worship Him in spirit and in truth. Here's what I think the issue is. I think a lot of us have heard this scripture, and it sounds really easy to read and hear, but the issue is you can't worship in spirit and truth unless you first know the truth. Let me say that again. You can't worship fully and in the way that God deserves in spirit and in truth until you first grasp fully what the truth is. I grew up my whole life, worship leaders on stage, I, I turned into one, unfortunately, no, I'm just kidding, but my whole life I grew up worship leaders on stage, and they're shouting, worship God in spirit and in truth, in spirit and in truth, and they hear it over and over and over, I'm like, I don't know how to do that, like, I just don't get it, and I'd get so concerned and so confused because I didn't understand the truth, but it, it's so simple. Here's the truth. The truth is... Man, this is cliche, and it's cringy, and it's, it's on t-shirts and on billboards, and it's cringy. And it's gotten to this point where it's got cringy, that, that we forget how powerful it is, so now it's starting to become trendy again. But here's the truth. I'm just going to say, here is the big moment of truth. Jesus loves you. Like, that's so simple. That's the only truth you have to understand to worship him in spirit and in truth. If that's it. Like, that, that's it. Jesus loves you. But can we dive deeper into that? You didn't have to be here. Humanity didn't have to exist. Like, you as a person did not have to exist. But God created you because he loves you that much. Think about that. Human, like Humanity as we know it did not have to exist, but God said, you know what? I want somebody to love. You know, I want somebody to make in my image that I can love, that I can be a part with, that I can work with. He loves you so much. You, you didn't have to be here. But He loves you that much. So if we can understand that truth, I believe that we can truly worship Him in Jesus in truth, because really he wants all of you. We're going to read from Genesis 22. This is where the meat of this message is going to come from. It's quite a bit of scripture, so uh, buckle up. Here we go. Genesis 22. Now this is a man that truly understood a heart for worship. After these things, God tested Abraham 
And he said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I should tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and he saw the place from afar. Catch that, just like Pastor Mickey was saying a second ago. Man, we want to see God, but sometimes we have to go to the place where God is. Catch that. He couldn't offer the offering right there where he was. He had to move. He had to, he had to actually put his feet into motion and go to the place where God said he was to offer the offering. So he lifted his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the boy. In verse 3, we'll go over in there and worship him and come again to you. Sorry, verse 6. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took his hand in the fire and the knife. So they went of them together, and Isaac took to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, son. He said, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. And it's like, he finally puts it together. It's like this innocent child. He's finally understanding what's about to take place. He's like, all right, we got wood. We got fire. We got me. <laughs> like, that's all we got. That, that's the fear I see in his face. So when they got to the place God told him, he built the offer in the wood. And then Abraham reached out his hand, took the knife to slaughter his son, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, here I am. He said, don't lay a hand on your boy or do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, before him was a ram caught in thicket by his horns. And Abraham went, took the ram, and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham was literally about to give everything he had to God. Like, if you want to understand a guy that understood worship, like, he was literally going to sacrifice his son. Now, luckily, we learned the character of God, and he didn't actually ask that from him, and we learned so much through that. But, but he was about to have him sacrifice his son. And here's what I love about this. See, here's what I would have done if I was Abraham. If God would have said, send your son, your only son, and sacrifice him, I probably would have started a little bit of a negotiation. I went, all right, God. Like, my son, that sounds a little ridiculous. Um, how about my dog? <laughs> like, how about I just give you my dog and, uh, like, $2,000 or so, and we'll call it even. No. All right, God, how about my dog and my cat? No. Like, your son. He didn't negotiate. He just, he just did it. He was obedient in a second. And he gave everything. Are you willing to give everything to God? I'm not talking about your child this morning. That's ridiculous. We're, we're, we're past that. But are you willing to give everything you have to God? 
so quickly we can say yes. Yes, Sam, absolutely. Absolutely, Sam, I'm so willing. I tithe, I give my 10%. Absolutely, I give. Now, are you willing to give, if God were to ask, are you willing to give absolutely everything to him? Here's where I think he starts. Here's where I think the enemy works the best. The enemy gets us comfortable. I think our comfortability is probably the most idolized thing to us today. When you walk in this place for a worship set, when the lights go dim and, and the band's pouring their hearts out in the worship, are you willing to give everything? Not to me, I, I could care less. But for Jesus, for God, are you willing to give everything? Are you willing to give everything to the God that actually did give his one and only son and gave everything? Are you willing to give everything? At what point is too much? Like, where's that line where you go, all right, God, I'll give you all of this, but if we get here, no, nah, it's not happening. At what point's too much? Is it singing? I'm going to get into real practical stuff, okay? Is it singing? Is it lifting our hands? Is it crying? Is it coming to an altar? We all, when we walk in this place, it's already written in our hearts. Like we've already made this mark in our hearts already for ourselves. We already have that mark when we come in this place where we know that's as far as I go. That's as, that's as far as I go. My question for you is, are you giving God everything? A lot of you are married in this room. A lot of you have friendships and relationships that you would say you would give everything to them. What would it look like if you came home to your wife or your significant other, and you, you, this is you saying you're going to give everything to them. You walked in, and your wife said, hey, how are you? And you just went, hey, how was work? You want to talk about anything? Is that everything? I'm not trying to beat us across the head this morning, but we walk in on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night in a worship service, and we're like, God, I'll give you everything. Jesus, I'll give you everything because you mean so much to me. You're every part of me. The lights go down, the song starts, and we're... Are we willing to give everything? Because we get so comfortable. It's so much more comfortable to... But at the same time, it's this, it's this paradigm that goes through my head, and it's like, well, why is it so uncomfortable for me to lift my hands in church, for me to, for me to use my voice in church, but then I go home and it's so easy? Or even I go to, I, I hate using this analogy, I'm going to do it anyways, I don't care. You go to a football game and it's so easy so easy for me to cheer. It's so easy for me to lift my hands. It's so easy to go crazy. But man, I get, to, I get to church. I get to the place where the Lord is. The one that actually gave my everything, not the guy that plays quarterback and gets millions of dollars and he's actually making money off of you, but the one that gave me everything and this is what I offer him? Man, we got to do better. I'm saying collectively we we got to do better, church. Where's, where's too much? Where's too far? 
Some of you are already uncomfortable right now. I'm sorry, i got to stretch you this morning. That's the assignment I think I'm on this morning. It's to stretch you out of your comfort zone. Because I'm telling you, when you sacrifice your comfort, the Holy Spirit comes. Worship is sacrifice. So if you come in this place and you sacrifice nothing, you're not worshiping. Let me say that again. Worship is a living sacrifice. It's offering our bodies as a living sacrifice. So if we come in this place and we're not sacrificing anything, we're not worshiping, we're just bodies filling a seat. And God's called you to be a worshiper. I'm not saying he's called you to have a mic and sing on a stage. What I'm telling you is he's called you to be a worshiper. And if you can tune into that, if you can get into a place like this and sacrifice your comfort and worship the King of Kings in this place, I promise you the noise that's all around you will escape in a second. Because that's where you connect to him and his voice gets so loud and every other voice gets so small. I'm telling you, your comfort is the thing we gotta get we gotta get out of it. Man, we gotta go deeper. We gotta go deeper. This Wednesday night, we're doing a worship night at seven o'clock here. Man, what would it look like if we all showed up and just went deep? Can I say this as lovingly as possible? We've been asked, Sam, what are we gonna do another worship night on the courthouse steps? Man, when we can worship him with all we got here first. We got to do everything we can do here. So when we go out there, holy cow, I mean, something's going to explode. Something's going to break. Something can move. But man, we got to get a grip of this. Growing up, I had this friend. He'll never watch this. I'll just say his name. Um, I had this friend named Chandler. And me and Chandler, we were best friends. When I say best friends, we're brothers. I'm, I'm talking about my grandma's house earlier. Me and Chandler used to hang out at my grandma's house from literally birth, like when he was a child before we could talk, like all the way till we got to grade school. And then we got to grade school, we went to the same church, so we were at each other's house like almost every day. Always at each other's houses, always hanging out. Well, I mean, we were if, if closer than brothers. I mean, we were as close as could be. As time progressed, we got into high school, and I mean, this dude that I love, that I, like, I mean, middle school, I mean, we were doing everything from going to church together to TP in every house in the neighborhood. I mean, we were like best friends. Or rolling, is that what y'all call down here? Rolling the neighborhoods. We were, <laughs> we were throwing the toilet paper in the, whatever you call it, you know, throwing toilet paper in the houses. That's what we did. I'm not saying students don't do that, but I'm just saying that's what we did. Best friends. We got to high school and our friend groups, I mean, we were a, a grade apart. So he had his kind of friend group from the year under me, and I had a friend group from the year older than me. But when we got to high school, you know how that all kind of merges together and you're all kind of in one building. And I noticed when I would try and hang out with him in other group settings, like something was different. <laughs> I was like, this is not the friend I had growing up. Like something's changed. All of a sudden, it, honestly, to, to be real, I mean, he thought he was too cool for me. It got to that point. And uh, that hurt me a lot. 
I'm sure a lot of you have experienced something similar to this, but that, that hurts a lot when somebody you trust so much and somebody you love and somebody you spent your life with, man, just in a second, just too cool for you. Strive, you'd strive, and you'd strive, you'd try your best to make the end of the relationship work out. But at the end of the day, if you're in this group with me, sorry, bro, you're going to have to take a step back because I'm too cool for you here. But if we're just hanging out at my house or your grandma's house or us together, I mean, that's fine because it's just me and you. But when we're hanging out with everybody else, you can forget about it. Like, like I'm not, I'm not going to go that far. We're not, we're not cool in that setting. I don't want to be embarrassed. And as I grew older, I really saw a parallel to my relationship with Chandler to my relationship with the Lord. Man, when it's just me and God in my my house, Lord, I'll lift my hands. I'll worship you. Man, if it's me in my car with the radio turned up full blast and I'm listening to Hillsong and not the worship team at church, like, man, God, then I'll worship you with all I got. Man, Lord, but put me in a setting where it's not the songs I like, where the singer's a little off, where my friends are around, like, that don't worship you like that. Like, when those people are around, like, I don't want to make them uncomfortable, God, so I probably should. Like, when everybody else is around, like, in those settings, like, you can forget about it, God. God, you could forget about it. That's not me. Like that, me and you got our relationship here in my bedroom, here in my car, here in here in this secret. But over here, God, you're gonna have to take a step back because I'm not willing to give you everything in this moment. Because, I mean, it's different. I'm, I'm embarrassed. Like I'm not for it. Do you give God a hundred percent of you a hundred percent of the time, or does it change depending on the room you get in? Man, when you're at Passion Conference or a, or a Hillsong concert or, or a concert when the lights are low and the music's blaring and this worship singer's got an anointing out of the wazoo and it's just singing incredibly, then are you going to lift your hands in worship because the atmosphere's just right? Let me put an analogy to you this way. Here's, here's what I hear all the time. And I used to be the same way. This, this used to be my thing. This, I, I used to think the same way. Man, I'll worship my hands like if I'm really feeling it. Husbands, how would it work out to you with your wife if you said, I'll, I'll do the dishes if I'm really feeling it. I'll give you a hug if I'm really feeling it. Well, I, you come home from work, I, I'll talk to you if I'm really feeling it. I'll give you some physical affection. i got to be feeling it, though. If I'm not feeling it right now, like... You ain't going to get a high five. You're getting nothing. I'm just going to sit down in my chair and do nothing. That doesn't work out in relationships, but why do we think it works in our relationship with God? Man, i gotta, I got to really be feeling it right now to give you my worship. Man, he deserves everything. we got to be really feeling it. We could be feeling nothing, and we're giving it to someone who's inconsistent, but do a constant God with a constant, never-ending love? And our excuses, I'm not feeling it right now. It's time to get out of our emotions and get into the truth. I'm not saying that we can worship based off emotions. I think our emotions are very powerful things, and sometimes they draw us to worship. But what I want to tell you something is sometimes, newsflash, your emotions are lying to you. 
Whoever told you to do what you feel was a liar. People are locked up in the prison right now. You can talk to Brock. They're locked up in prison because they did what they felt. Well, I feel like punching him in the face. Well, I feel like getting drunk right now. Well, I feel like smoking some weed. Well, I feel like beating my wife. Well, I feel like, who told you to do what you feel? Your feelings are lying to you, friend. Your feelings are not the thing that should guard your ways. This word is the only thing that should guide your ways. And until this word gets inside of you and transforms you, then you can follow his spirit. You don't follow a feeling. You follow the Holy Spirit. Are we willing to get out of our feelings and get in tune to the Word of God? So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to get out of our comfort zone. Maybe two of you will. Maybe all of you will. Maybe just I will. But man, I'm going for it. I'm not going off a feeling. I'm going off a truth that he deserves it, that he deserves everything. That he deserves everything. Here's it. I'm sorry, I'm telling you a ton of stories. I don't get to see you very often. So I just, I'm ready to just share all these stories that God's revealed to me. About a year ago, two Christmases ago, I went to Audrey's choir concert at Lee. It was at Pengel Hall. I wanted to go and support some people in the band. I was like, let's go to this choir concert. It sounds like fun. And I got there, and I was in a sweater, and most people are in suits. Even I felt underdressed, and I thought I was dressed up. I got there, and what I noticed is nobody was on their phones. Nobody was texting. Nobody was doing anything. The only thing they were doing was just waiting for this concert to start. They are just waiting. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen because, I mean, I, I grew up in the, the era of phones. I mean, phones came out when I was about the sixth grade. So any time that phones, smartphones came out when I was in the sixth grade. So anytime somebody was on their phone, like I grew up, like anytime anybody was waiting for anything, they're just on their cell phone. It was just so weird to me that nobody was looking at it. They're just waiting, like waiting. Well, the concert starts, and they start singing the most beautiful music. I mean, they're singing in Russian. They're singing in Spanish. I don't know what else y'all sang in French. I mean, all this crazy stuff. It was beautiful. Like, I thought Jesus was going to come back in the middle of the concert. It was just so pretty. I was like, God, now you should come. Like, this is the moment. Like, it was awesome. And, I mean, just silence the entire time. Literally, if you had to go to the bathroom, you're, you're, you're probably better off just going right there in your seat and just blame the smell on someone else because it would be way more embarrassing to get up and walk out the door. Like Nobody got up. And then out of the corner of my eye, I noticed this woman take her iPad and walk to the front right by the stage and start videotaping the entire concert. And my, the thought process in my head is like, woman, you are crazy. You're going to get, like, chewed out. Like, you, you're crazy. Do you not understand what kind of an event this is? This is not the event where you get up and take out your iPad and film it. This is an event where you sit down, shut up, and listen to the beautiful Hebrew music. Like, just chill. 
No, but she got out of her seat, she takes her iPad, and she starts filming this concert. And I'm just blown away by this. I'm honestly almost aggravated. I was like, the nerve of this woman. <laughs> Golly, can you sing either singing in Hebrew and you got your iPad version 2 out filming? And it's just ridiculous. And I really felt the Lord speak to me in this second because I could see the pride on this woman's face. Man, I can still see it today. The pride on this woman's face for her granddaughter in the concert. Like you could see every bit of it. Just how proud of she was. Just how much she loved her. You could just see every bit of it just on her face. And she just sat for a second. Had her iPad up, but wasn't even looking at it. Just looking at her. I mean, you could see who it was just from the line of sight for her standing there. And I began to get emotional because I could just tell how proud she was and how much she loved her. And I felt the Lord speak to me, saying, Sam, that's the kind of love I got for you. I don't care how embarrassing it is. I don't care how unconventional it is. I don't care how crazy it is. I will bankrupt heaven to show you just how much I love you. Man, I will leave the comfort of heaven Get down to this earth, get nailed to a cross to show you how much I love you. I'll get laughed at, I'll get mocked at, people will call me crazy, people will think I'm stupid because it doesn't look real, it doesn't look right, it seems out of this world, but I will go to whatever it takes to show you just how much I love you. Here's the part of the concert I didn't see. And that I wish I would have seen. I wish I would have stayed after to see the embrace between the granddaughter and the daughter after the concert. Because I can guarantee you she threw her arms around her and just told her how much she loved her and how proud of her she was and how, how amazing she did. I, I wish I could have seen it. But it got to me thinking, what would have it looked like if the grandmother with all this pride and all this joy and she went out of her way to videotape it herself with all this love, if she went up to her daughter, her granddaughter at the end of the concert and said, I love you so much, such a great job. And the granddaughter said, whoa, back up. You embarrassed me out there. Whoa, back up. I'm in front of my college friends right now. Whoa, back up. Right now is not the time for me to give you love. Right now is not the time for, maybe when you get to your house. Friends, this is what we do with Jesus. Maybe not all the time, maybe some of the time, I don't know, but I, I'm guilty of this. We have a God who literally came down from heaven into earth to give everything for us. And we push Him away in times where we should worship Him. He was willing to be unconventional. He was willing to get crazy and worship with you. Are you willing to do that for Him? I'm not asking you if you're able. As long as you have breath in your lungs, you're able. Worship has nothing to do with ability. It has everything to do with willingness. 
Are you willing to go where he is? Are you willing to lift your hands? Are you willing to sing? Are you willing to go to an altar? Are you willing to sacrifice every bit of your comfort to do everything that it takes to get to the depths of his heart? If you're encouraged by today's podcast and would like to hear more messages, visit us at crossroadscommunitychurch.com.